If you need a new roof or a repair, Easton Roofing will take care of you. Estimates are always free and suggestions are built on integrity. Visit EastonRoofing.com for more information. Get back to business faster with Easton Roofing. Easton Roofing. Integrity matters. Ladies and gentlemen, let's go. Let's go. We ain't got no time to waste. Let's go. Let's go. You are now listening to Jason Anderson, and you are in the the Zone is presented by Guaranteed Foods, delivering all natural food to Midwestern families since 1958. Enjoy healthier food, more free time, free delivery, and better value. Go to GuaranteedFoods.com. All right, Thursday edition of The Zone right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Jason Anderson with you, Josh Briscoe, Dylan Michaels, heading up until 2 o'clock. The next four hours, we've got you. Jam-packed show today. Here's how it's going to line up for you. We will uh, talk with Craig Stout from KC Sports Network coming up at 11 o'clock, get some keys, get some matchups, get some breakdowns from Craig. We will uh, play some sports or leisure later on in the 1 o'clock hour, presented by Johnny's Tavern. And uh, we will talk with different players coming up a half hour from now. No idea who we're going to talk to, what we're going to talk about, and how they're going to be on the uh, phone. But I am pumped and, and ready and excited to see whatever will take place and what will take place about a half hour from now. But right now, Andy Reid is at the podium. Let's uh, immediately go out there to uh, Andy Reid in his press conference. Thursday. Um for us practice-wise, um, and we're kind of cranking this thing down. Once you get to Thursday, that game's in sight there. So uh, we get through today, um, that'll, be, that'll be good. Anyways, with that time, yours. Coach Neil Reynolds from Sky Sports in the UK. Yes. Uh, I've got a question about a very specific part of Sunday. Um, when the players run out of the tunnel for the biggest game of their lives, there's suddenly 20 minutes until kickoff. Do you leave them to themselves? Do you prepare them for that? How do you manage that situation, and does experience help? Um, experience does help, but we cover that, yes. Uh, we ask them to get off their feet, kind of pump the brakes a little bit, um, and relax so they don't use all their energy during that time. Um, and then with five minutes left to get back up and get moving. So, yeah, we've got... We have a game plan for that. Doesn't always work because the guys' juices are going. But um, that's uh, that's what we try to do. Yep. Over here. All right, Adam. Morning. Um, in a situation like this, what things do you look at to tell you your team is ready, or in, in the other case, maybe not ready? What kind of things do you look at to gauge that? Yeah. So you can tell we're around. We've been around these guys for how many ever months here, and. You get a pretty good sense on uh, the energy level at practice uh, in meetings, the attention in meetings, uh, the accuracy of running the actual play. Um, and uh, I, I'd probably say that's a, those are the primary, primary ingredients. Um, and it doesn't, you know, success and failure in a game doesn't always depend on whether I think they're ready or not ready. There have been times when I go on, you know, the biorhythms look a little down and they go play like crazy. You know, so, uh, but normally that's, uh, if, if they're focused in with those things I gave you there, that normally it's 
They're ready to go. Coach, right here. Hey, Andy, uh, Ricardo Lopez from Mundo NFL. What do you think about your legacy as a play caller? I mean, you developed Patrick Mahomes. You helped to turn Travis Kelce into the best tight end in the role in the history, and you create a perfect offensive machine. What do you think about your legacy? Yeah, listen, I've been blessed in my career to have a lot of great players, and um, so uh, they make your plays look good. You know, they execute. Uh, as far as the legacy goes, I don't really think about that. I, we're, we're so tied up into the game and getting ready for the game that that's where all your energy goes. And the, the neat thing about football is very humbling. So, you know, within, within a game, you're going to have these highs and lows. What you think is a great play might not end up being a great play. Um, So the game can pick you up and it can slap you in the in the face at the same time. It's a very humbling game that way. Andy, to your right. Uh, sorry, sorry if you've been asked this this week, but uh, obviously with last year's game, the the field was very slick for both teams. Uh, can you just talk about any preparations you guys have made have you made for that this year, just in case? Uh, have you talked about it with the guys? Yeah. Um, well, we all saw the field when we when we drove over uh, to the stadium the other night so uh they've they've got the field outside um getting ready and uh they'll they'll get it wheeled back inside from what i gather it's in great condition um i think last year's was a fluke um but we're our equipment guy's ready for everything he brings the whole house with him so we've got every shoe uh you can imagine for whatever presents itself there Coach, back here at the back. Yep, gotcha. Um, I'm sorry to interrupt you talking about the game. That's a big thing I know. But this weekend they're voting for the Hall of Fame. There's a guy that kind of helped resurrect Chiefs football that we all care about in Kansas City, Marty Schottenheimer. What do you think about his, whether he's deserved, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, if I was a voter, I'd vote for him. Uh, I'm big, big time fan of Marty's. Um, he was a great motivator and Great, great guy, great motivator, very tough, but very caring of his players, um, and obviously had a great mind for football. So um, those primary ingredients, and he won so, with, with multiple teams. So it's uh, all the things that supposedly qualify you for the Hall of Fame. I think he, he has those, yeah. Hey, Coach, looking at when you played the 49ers four years ago, where do you think you've developed or changed the most as a head coach? Hmm. Well, it hasn't been that long ago. So uh, I don't think much. Uh, I'm, uh, I think it's the same philosophy um, other than the game changes a little bit different every year. So you kind of go along with it and – Uh, what the league gives you rule-wise rule, rule wise and things you can do in training camp, um, those those change you uh, a bit because of uh, – most of them because of safety purposes and so on. So, But the philosophy, general philosophies remain the same, yeah. Coach Jose Villalba from Millennium Multimedia in Mexico. Uh, two questions. I don't know if any in the Chiefs have – thought about this, Super Bowl 58, and when I think number 58, I think of the late, great Derek Thomas, 
True. And because of what he meant to the Chiefs and Martin Schottenheimer, his coach, that legacy from that. And second, in Philadelphia, you had a great defensive coordinator in the late great Jim Johnson. Now you have Steve Spagnuolo as a defensive coordinator. How has that helped you to create act both with the Eagles and now with the Chiefs? And what similarities, difference, but at the same time that has helped you get so many times to big games? Yeah. Um, I hadn't thought about the 58 with Derek Thomas, but what a great player he was. Um, when I was at Green Bay, we had a chance to come back and play the Chiefs, and I think he set an NFL sack record that day. I remember Don Beebe running a shallow cross, and he hit Don Beebe so hard he landed in uh, the quarterback's lap, and uh, he was a great one. Um, on the other part, uh, Jim Johnson was a great defensive coordinator. Spags had an opportunity to work with him and learn from him. I think some of those things Spags has used as his foundation for the defense that he runs now. Um, but he's obviously added his own things to it, uh, which Jim did with his defense. And uh, But I tell you, the base foundation is, um, is Jim Johnson's, and then Spags is so creative that he's just taking it all different directions uh, from there. Um, and both of them are, are great coaches in their, in their own right, yeah, and, and have helped the program, yeah. Hello, coach. Um, you were born in Los Angeles. You grew up in California. You were also a coach in San Francisco State in the 80s. It is special for you to face the San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl, or is it like any other team for you? Yeah, so I tell you, I have a good friend, Lee Bruno, and we both grew up in Los Angeles, um, both Ram fans. But he's converted. I didn't. Where are we? Yeah, here, Coach Lee, uh, yeah. American Football Community, Belgium. Uh, yeah. You're defending champions, but this year you come in as a three seed, also as the underdog. Do you feel an underdog, and does that motivate you guys even more? Yeah, listen, I understand why we're the underdog. I get that. We had some ups and downs during the season. Um, I never feel like an underdog uh, going into a game, but um, I understand why. Uh, it's been situated that way, but it is. It's what it is. So, Andy in the back here, Aaron Lack, KSH right, 41. Yep. You've been known to have one of these very complex offenses, a big playbook. What's allowed Rasheed Rice to hit the ground running and be so successful for you all? Yeah, I, I tell you, he's smart. He's, he's used that SMU education uh, and transferred it into uh, football here. So he, he – um, and he works hard. He's got a great relationship with the quarterback. So I think those are important, important things. Yeah. Uh, coach back here, Peyton, yep, 10,000 gotcha. takes. Um, so you've had players that have played in the big game, and you've had players that haven't played in this big game. What's sort of your message to those players who haven't played in the Super Bowl to, like, help maybe calm some of those nerves that they might have? Yeah, when you get through all of this, this stuff here, um, it, it's a game. And... It's faster than most games. It's crazy. In the playoffs, every game's a little faster the higher you go up in the playoffs. So it's fast, but it's still the game. So you, you're professionals. You're, you know, 
arguably one out of 32 guys in the, at your position in the whole world. So you go play and, uh, and, do, your, and do your job. Yeah. Hi, Coach. Uh, Danilo Celli for La Perrada, Mexico. Yes. Uh, how do you – well, momentum shifts were key in both championships. How do you handle a momentum shift coming your way in the sideline? How do you get your players ready when you sense a momentum shift on your side? And on the other side, how will you prevent the 49ers to get these moments that they've clearly gotten on the previous games in this playoff round? Yeah, there, there are highs and lows in every game. And, um, and so you, you work your way through those. You, I'm, I'm into not being too high or too low uh, and then figuring out problems. So communication becomes very big on that. What, what does the player see? What does the coach see? Get together, talk about it and then come up with a solution. So um, if you do that and you do it well enough, uh, then you can even out some of the, the issues that go on. On that other hand, if you do well, let's not get crazy uh, and get caught up in that. Uh, let's make sure that we come back to that next play and focus in and uh, get ourselves ready for it. Hi, Coach. Good morning. Federico Rivera from Damebola. Yeah. Hey, coach, um, many people remember that 13 seconds final drive in the divisional against Buffalo three years ago. As a head coach, uh, you practice um, every, every play in the situation of football, or there are new, new decisions you have to take in seconds. I mean, uh, you practice, uh, uh, you, you contemplate every, every uh, scenario or in the game plan, or sometimes not. Yeah, so in training camp, we spent a lot of time on situations. And then uh, just about everyone you can think of that comes up, you somewhere you touch that during training camp and work on it. And then during the season, you don't have time to do that. So uh, you do hit your two-minute situations on the field, but then you also try to do it in the classroom and go through the different scenarios that are happening through the league each week, through college football each week. Joe Blameyer does a phenomenal job with that on our staff. And, um, and so uh, it gives us an, an idea mentally where you can't, obviously you can't do it all physically, but you can surely get the mental reps in there. For the game. Yeah, they're, they're decisions that have to be made and very quickly at times, yeah. Um, but hopefully we have that answer and have looked at it somewhere over the last few months, yeah. Hey, Coach, uh, Jim Alexander here. You've done this for a long time. Uh, you've been to many of these Super Bowls. If you win this Sunday, what are the likelihood that you might consider hanging up and then kind of going out on top, or are you – set already that you will be back next year? Yeah, I'm, I haven't gone there. I don't think about that. Um, I'm, I'm tied up in the game and trying to take care of that. I'm sure somewhere I'll know when that time is. It's not today or uh, won't be Sunday. So, yeah. Andy, um, you mentioned the up and downs. The players really point to your consistent and steady approach during those moments. Is, is that something that's always come natural to you? Was there a time where it was different? Do you have moments to yourself where, where it's different? Just wonder if you could talk about that trade a little bit. Yeah, I, I think you try to cover all the situations so that you can 
or as many as you can. Um, and the ones you don't cover, hopefully you've narrowed it down to where it fits somewhere in there or at least is close to uh, something that you've thought about. And then you can remain calm and, and knock it out and get the results you want. But um, I, I would say I've tried to be that way. Uh, I haven't changed. Uh, maybe I had a, when I had more red hair, I was or any red hair, um, I, I had more of a temper, but um, in, in this world, I mean, I just try to get it, you know, try to get it done. And I think if I'm going crazy, everybody's going to be going crazy. And then now that fits into that chaos category, and that's not good. Coach, um, what has Porter Ellett meant to your coaching staff, and how have you seen him grow as a coach? Yeah, that's my left-hand man. So he uh, he does a does a great job. He's worked in. Uh, he started off as my administrative assistant, um, and now he's working with the running backs. And he's he's brilliant. First of all, very very intelligent. He's got a great feel for the game. And he's got he's got a great way with the players. Um, the players they love him and. Um, he does have one arm, so I have a brother that has one arm, so I, I, they, he taught my brother how to tie his shoe with one hand. I mean, you know, it's amazing deal, but it just shows you that when people can do whatever they want to do. I mean, he's got, he does a, does a heck of a job with our guys. Hi, Coach. Uh, Claire Overton, WEBM Boston. Um, your first Super Bowl appearance was with the Eagles in 2004. How has your process approaching the Super Bowl changed throughout the years? Yeah, I don't think it's changed much. I, I know um, uh, I, I was talking to Mike Holmgren the other day, and he, he was a fellow that I worked for in Green Bay, and he was very detailed. Um, came from Bill Walsh's staff in San Francisco and those Super Bowls there. So um, he had a plan for our Super Bowls that we went to, and I've kind of stuck with that. You know, I, I've kind of hung with that that, that uh, schedule. The league has kind of remained the same, so it's allowed, allowed me to do that. Um, but it's very similar to what I was taught and – I've been able to use. Is there a tweak here or there? Yeah, but not far off. Yeah. Okay, good. All right, there's Andy Reid as we get things rolling here on this Thursday edition. We'll take a timeout, we'll come back, and then we will head back out to Vegas and see which uh, whichever players we'll be talking to uh, on the phone as uh, we will just go from table to table. We'll take a timeout, we'll come back. We continue rolling. More zone right after this. I will continue right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Jason Anderson with you, Josh Briscoe, Dylan Michaels. We continue rolling along as our coverage out at uh, the Super Bowl and uh, Radio Row. All of the stuff going on. Deep Esqually, more injury attorneys, car wreck, get the money you deserve. Mike's got this in Hollywood Casino. The all new sports book at Hollywood Casino at Kansas Speedway is now open. Remodeled with an all new bar, ticker tape, leather sofas, and armchairs. So much more. The big game is coming up on. Sunday. So uh, there you go. It's also brought to you by 
Greenlight Dispensary, Jason. Check out their amazing February flower power deals at greenlightdispensary.com and the Low T Center. Do you know your numbers? Go to lowtcenter.com to get your levels checked. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. We are going to check back in with um, Vegas and see who we will be uh, talking to. You know, uh, Chad Boger is walking around with a phone and he's walking to table to table. To see who's sitting there, and he will just hand him the phone, and we'll find out on the fly who we're talking to. I'm pumped. I'm ready for this. I, I cannot wait. This is exciting for me. This is because ex- I don't know who we're going to talk to, what we're going to talk about, and what they're going to say. It might be fun, like the Trey Smith interview that the uh, the guys had. Uh, it might be amazing, like uh, Nate B. Katie and Darius Tony that they uh, had for 35 seconds, where I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. No, I'm good. All right, Kadarius, uh, sorry you couldn't join us today. Uh, <laughs> I missed that one live, but it sounds like it won't take too much of my day to listen to the podcast of it. Um, it, it, it we could play it right. We could play it <laughs> when Chad goes from table to table. As a rejoin between each of them. When we finish up with a player and Chad takes the phone back, we could play the entirety of the boys in the morning and Kadarius Tony conversation by the time he gets to somebody else to just hand him the phone. Part of it might even be like, all right, let's have a quiz. And the, let's find out who we're talking to. That's what I was going to suggest. 20 questions. Is All this, right. This Where year, did you go to college? This year, you just push it a whole other level, and you, you do sort of like the guess who-like questions of, all right, well, is your favorite food a type of smoked meat? And, you know, you, you have to really, you have to really <laughs> shimmy it down. I'm thinking about offensive linemen, you know, I don't know. There is a part of me that kind of wants him just to hand it to a player, and then we have to guess who it is. Yeah, I think... Like, what... And sort of, like, what college did you go to? Okay, what year were you drafted? I mean, some of it we try to get by the voice. I think I think both of those are just too much information right out of the game. Really? I think we have to get more vague originally. Yeah, but I don't want to spend the whole time that we have with them trying to guess who it is. If you, you, know if I mean? you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be? Yeah. I don't know, a tree. Or, um, oh, who was asked uh, yesterday or the day before... About if would he rather? Oh, it was Mike Dana. Mike Dana was asked, "Would you rather have uh, uh, feet for hands or hands for feet?" Perfect, great question. He answered incorrectly. Oh no! He said he would rather have feet for hands. Horrible answer. That's dumb. Horrible answer. You can walk on your hands. Yeah, but without your hands, like you're grabbing things with your toes and everything, your feet. The obvious answer is hands for feet even if you were if, even if you thought it wasn't very sustainable to walk on your hand feet for a long period of time right. you know wheelchairs and stuff there, there's lots of technology there you get to keep 100%. your hands though yeah the the opposable thumbs when the uh when they're just all yeah. five facing the same way yeah. you know that's tough to grip some things you know you're then walking around like a, a child as they're holding their sippy cup you know not exactly right. like gripping it just holding it on each side mike dana i don't well Maybe his thinking was what's more important to him as a defensive lineman. Well, I know. Uh, hands have to be pretty important, I, I would, would guess, think so, but know? Nick Bolton played, you know, with a cast and stuff. Maybe you're, it's just sort of like you're playing with casts on your hands. Be odd if he worked at a restaurant. Feet! That would be bad. Hands. Hands. Yes, chef. Feet. I need feet here. Yes, chef. Corner. But Mike Dana. When you so, say, like, hey, put your, foot, put your foot on it, it becomes much more literal. Like, oh, yeah, sure. Will do. Yes. My clean one that's attached to my wrist. One. Would you would it still be stepping on like if you're stepping on mm. something? Like step on the gas, would I have to reach down then or do I get to choose between the four? I'm I think you get sure. to choose between the four. I think the only issue the that's further right. issue is that it risks maybe living your whole life as a dog or something, you know, trying to walk on your hands eventually, which are also yeah. your feet. 
Yeah, but but again, I'd rather it be the give me four hands instead of uh, four feet. Maybe you know? if you were a snack food, what kind of snack food would you be? <laughs> burn-ins. If you, that's all, that's still fair. And we're still leaning. Why can't probably. I snack on burn-ins? You totally can. Yeah, hopefully the Chiefs, as you said yesterday, will be snacking on burn-ins in this game. It's and a, be right, the defensive end. It'll just be Bosa, just sort of with his head on his swivel, just spinning it'll be, around. It'll be fantastic. Yes. Um, also, want to let you know that today, starting at eleven o'clock. At Urban Egg, which is at 119th, uh, located in the Hawthorne Plaza, off of Row and 119th Street, uh, southwest corner of 119th and Row, starting at 11 o'clock today, so you got a half hour, but 11 o'clock today until 1, we will have 81 special edition shirts distributed while supplies last, one per person. You can't pick up 10 for you and your family. You can't uh, pick up five, go out and start selling them right outside the you door. You can't pick up egg. 80 and, uh, you know, for your That's whole right. family. That's exactly right. you got a big family. Big family. Um, yes, uh, it's one per person. And uh, it is at Urban Egg, again, at the southwest corner, 119th and Row, Hawthorne Plaza off of Row and 119th Street. That's the uh, location. Uh, and Urban Egg voted best new restaurant in KC by KC Magazine. Local organic ingredients. They've got the uh, Eggs Benedict selections. They've got Gourmet Pancake Flights. Awesome stuff. That goes on today, 11 to 1. So get out there and try to find that specialty T-shirt, special edition shirts. I've only seen the picture so far, which means I don't have one. Bethany, so. who's going to be out there, was wearing it. Was she pretty really? Awesome. Uh, pretty jealous. Looked uh, looked really cool. Pretty jealous. Um, I'm like, oh, so now we have 80 to give away, or <laughs> I will go. I would love for them to only have 79 to give away. Yeah, I'll go pick up breakfast brunch for us, but it's only one per person. So... Yeah, I'll tell you what, anybody anybody in sales that might be around there, I don't know. It would be nice if we had some uh, urban egg to chew on while we're. How about Hanging this? out here on the air, maybe a flight or two of some gourmet pancakes. That would be terrible if I had that from Urban Egg. I'll go get that. I'll be back at some point before 2 o'clock, and I'll bring you a shirt. You can have I mean, the shirt. I'll have breakfast. That That is And the show gets fine. to go on without me. But also... It's a win-win-win. Wow, that's a... It'd be like the Chiefs in the Super Bowls, three of them. Win, win, win. It's just through... This, this is a dynasty. How can we add one more win to that to come up on Sunday to make it four? Four okay. wins there. To be to maybe to have a mystery guest live from Radio Row. Yeah. Um, all right. So now we're talking with defensive coordinator Steve Spagnolo here in the zone. Uh, Steve, how are you, sir? Doing great. How are you guys doing today? We are doing fantastic. I really appreciate you joining us. Um, what's the latest on My the meatballs? <laughs> uh, well, I got a video just yesterday that they were simmering in the pot of. Uh, pasta sauce so hopefully they make their way here to uh las vegas <laughs> are you uh are you superstitious at all like uh you have those before the nah, last super bowl with san francisco and now you gotta this, do it again yeah listen chris is slapping the old superstition word on me I, I i'm really not a superstition he's the guy that he put the he put the guilt trip on myself and my wife to make sure we got him so we we do whatever they want if they want meatballs we get them meatballs whatever it takes uh, we're, we're visiting with Steve Spagnolo. This is the fifth trip for you into one of these things. You know, we were talking about how Patrick Mahomes has started for six years, and he's already talking about a Super Bowl week routine that he goes through, which is just yeah. amazing to think about. Um, and and yeah. for yourself, how much, you know, looking back to your first one and now your fifth one, how much does been there, done that factor into for a team and, and coaches getting ready for this? Well, I don't, I don't think it's I, – I, you never take it for granted, number one. I mean, the first one I went to – this is actually six because the first one we went to was with Andy in 04 as an assistant on his staff. 
when we went to Jacksonville. I remember that Super Bowl because it was chilly in Jacksonville like it is chilly here in uh, Las Vegas. But I think every, every time you're blessed to go to one of these, I think you take something away. The biggest thing I think Andy and I always talk about is make sure you stay in the routine. You know, don't venture too far from what got you here or how you got here in terms of how you work during the week. And I think Andy does a great job with that. Do you hear some of the things? I know you're focused on the game and everything, but do you hear some of the talk that's going on around the Super Bowl uh, specifically about you and the conversation that's now taking place about you being in the discussion of maybe the greatest defensive coordinator the NFL has ever had? Yeah, I, I, I don't. Um, I'll be honest with you. You know, I leave that to other people. Um, I'm, I am totally focused on the game. And our players are like that, too. I mm-hmm. mean, we can't ask our guys to, to put all their focus into the most important thing, which is the game, keep the main thing the main thing, and then not do it ourselves. So, quite frankly, no, I'm just kind of focused on how to stop this offense, which we know is the most explosive in the NFL. Does your family have the InSpags We Trust t-shirts? <laughs> I tried to burn all of those. I don't know if I got to all of them or not, but I'd rather that stuff happen all after the game. I'd, I'm going to kind of keep it about the players because they're really the guys that are getting it done. That, and I think the most overlooked position on in our group is our assistant coaches. I think they do as good a job as anybody in the league at getting these guys ready. Do you uh, uh, do you offer encouragement for Joe Cullen after the uh, Super Bowl of uh, you know if there's a job open, or uh, do you lock him up in a room and don't and, and take his phone <laughs> away to don't, so you don't allow him to leave? Nah, listen. I, one of the things that I've learned in this league, people did it for me when I was younger, trying to so-called climb the ladder. I believe in helping all these guys advance. I mean, we, Joe's not the only guy on our staff that should be a coordinator. I mean, mm-hmm. Dave Merritt, Brendan Daly, there's young guys like Terry Braid and Alex Whittingham that have been with us, and they, they all certainly deserve it. I think sometimes when you have the success we've had and gone as deep into the playoffs as, as we've had, it kind of lessens the opportunities for these guys because those jobs kind of, they all get uh, kind of scooped up along the way. But I'm hopeful for all of them that someday they'll be able to uh, have that leading role as a coordinator. Well, I know people around here don't want uh, any of the assistant coaches to leave because of how good the continuity's been and how the oh. development's been there. Um, you know, there's talk about uh, Andy Reid and even Travis Kelsey's been brought up. Have you thought about um, when it might be time for you to, to step away? And do you see yourself as the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs, uh, you know, moving forward in the future? Well, I listen, I, I'm certainly not this week. I mean, I think in, in the off season, I leave the, the, those kind of thoughts. Mm-hmm. And you think about it as you get to a certain point. But we're having too, we're having too much fun right now. Uh, the, the group that I have is I cherish. You know, and I love being around these guys. And as long as it can continue like that, I'll be a happy man. I'm blessed to be doing what I'm doing. Steve Spagnuolo is our guest. Last one for you. Looks like Willie Gay is healthy and out there. I know you guys don't have Charles Aminahu, and that's an impact. But Willie Gay yeah. being back against some athletic players, dynamic players like the 49ers, what kind of impact is that for you guys? Yeah, well, you're right on because uh, we need Willie's speed and his explosiveness. I mean, you got the running back that they have and all the wideouts, and that's one thing Willie gives us. He gives us a lot of juice, a lot of energy. You know, we'll miss Charles. I mean, other guys that – that we, we tend to forget about. Derek Nadi helped us immensely mm-hmm. inside, and we're playing a run game. Brian Cook, we've ha- we haven't had for a few games. So we'll miss all those guys. Hopefully we can carry the torch for them and try to come up with something successful. Awesome. Steve Spagnolo, Chiefs defensive coordinator. Steve, thank you so much. Really appreciate it, and uh, best of luck. Bring back another Lombardi trophy. 
Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. There's uh, Steve Spagnuolo um, with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs defensive coordinator. Um, and uh, we'll see uh, where, uh, where Chad goes next there. The, the meatballs are simmering right now. Weird that you want him to retire. That seems pretty messed up. I would ask if he'd like to just never retire, maybe get a lifetime position. <laughs> Feels reasonable to me. So I think what may have happened is, so Steve Spagnolo, uh, Chad was going to take the phone and go from uh, table to, I think Steve just like hung it up. Oh, yeah, it was, was, like, like, oh, was done. Thanks, click. Here you go. <laughs> oh, maybe I'll call back. Uh, let me talk to your father. Yeah. Um, can, you, uh, can, you, can you hand the phone to your father? Uh, I'd like to, like to talk to him before. Love you. That's great. I love listening to Spags, man. I can. I mean, I know that we had a, a, a limited amount of time there, but I could have spent another twenty minutes with him talking about it. And I really do hope that he locks Joe Cullen in a room and takes his phone away. Kind of like was it the uh, oh, who who was it with the uh, was it DeAndre Jordan? It was DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre in Jordan. The Jordan Mavs, in the right? Mavs, yes. Right? Yes. Kept them from signing and kept them there all night, and they, you know, just uh, played uh, spades and played games and uh, locked the door and turned all the phones off and just stayed there all freaking night. Uh, that's what they got to do with Joe Cullen to make sure that um, he is going to be around uh, for a while. But no, obviously that's not going to take place. They are going to do what they can to help out their assistant coaches to advance up the ladder and things like that. And Steve Spagnuolo. You know, I, I said five Super Bowls for him. I meant as specifically defensive coordinator. Yeah. He's like, well, actually, this is six. <laughs> it's amazing when you can correct somebody that they are underselling your fifth Super Bowl. It's actually six. What a time, man. Well, you know, it's it's, it's my sixth time being in this uh, this game. You know, it's uh, you know, it's very cool. Awesome, absolute yes. best. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if we know what the uh, what the flow of things are going to be out there no at uh, at the scrum of it all. So we'll find out. Uh, we'll we'll figure it out at some point. But uh, yeah, it's we'll chaos out. out there. Yeah, and it's awesome. Love it. Uh, love what's going on. And and um, you know, a, a number of the Chiefs talking yesterday. We'll hear um, Chiefs talking today. We'll hear Travis Kelsey. I believe um, he'll be at the podium. Uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Every single day, these guys are at the podium. We'll hear. Uh, from, I wish somebody would ask Travis Kelsey about Taylor Swift, though, honestly. I'll tell you what, man. He is. He's putting on a master class yeah. of how to be asked the same sort of questions every time and not have one time to where he looks annoyed answering anything about his girlfriend yep. because that one time would be, then be taken and like, oh, wow, look at Travis. Like, each time it's smiling. It's uh, deferential. It's about how great she is. Um, so... Uh, let's uh, you know uh, see who we uh, maybe have right now. Have somebody right now? Is this, uh, are we talking with Willie Gay here? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, Willie, thank you so much for joining us. You know, we were just talking to oh, Steve Spagnolo, yeah. and he talked about your speed and being out there and what kind of impact that is. Do you sort of look at yourself and like, all right, this is another chance to go play, but what you mean to this defense to get out there and go play against a, a dynamic offense like the 49ers? Uh, to be able to be playing this game, man, to be healthy again after Miss A.S. championship. I definitely want to just give my all for my guys, for my coaches. You know, I know Coach Spags, all, all, like always, put, put, will put me and my teammates in the right position. Um, so, like you say, man, I, I try to use my best asset, which is my, my speed, you know, and my strength, and make plays all over the field on Sunday night. How close were you to playing against Baltimore, and how tough was it to watch your team go out there and try to make sure you guys had one more game to play in your career? Uh, I was really close, man. You know, I and uh, it probably would have been a, a repeat of the Buffalo game. I probably would have went out and maybe mm. made it a drive or two and 
realized my neck was giving on me, you know, but it's 100% healthy now. Thank God for that. Um, I woke up Friday, knew I wasn't going to hmm. uh, probably play in that game and took that game off, but I'm ready now. So thankful you, to be here. You know what? In that Buffalo game, it was only one drive, but you had that big play on James Cook on the opening drive, which may have took uh, four yeah. points off the board. Yes, sir, man. I'm, I was, You know, one thing about me, I'm just happy when I can make a play for my team, honestly. Visiting with Willie Gay right now. Uh, did you think swag surfing would be such a big deal after you made the request to the DJ there at Arrowhead Stadium that now it's become sort of like the anthem of this Chiefs run for you guys? Uh, I didn't think it would, but, you know, we're going to uh, swag surf our way to the Super Bowl win, and uh, we're going to blow it up even more. Uh, what's it been like seeing, you know, uh, the, the, the town, the people around, like uh, swag surfing and sort of jumping on that uh, that bandwagon with you guys and the and the, the crowd yeah. and Taylor Swift and the people in the suites all swag surfing? Yeah, man, we put some swag back in Kansas City. You know, that's what I, that's how I see it. You know, uh, get the fans off their feet, let them rock a little bit, you know. And uh, when you do that, the energy's there and it's contagious. Will you send up a request in the middle of the Super Bowl maybe at some point? To, hey, can we get some swag uh, in this game? Yeah, well, how about this? If we get up, when we get up 14, 21 points, third, fourth quarter, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 21 points in the fourth quarter. I'm writing that down, swag surfing. It's going to happen. Yes, sir. You guys, uh, you know, throughout the year, you guys have talked about that, um, you know, how good the defense has been, but the turnovers hadn't been coming. You guys are close. You're, you're, you're close to getting those turnovers. You guys have caused four turnovers in these three games in the playoffs. Is that just a matter of the game's going to happen and uh, you, you keep doing the same thing, process over results, and the results will be there? Or is there something else yeah. going on as to why the uh, your defense has got four turnovers in the last three games? I mean, of course, you practice those things, but one thing about turnovers is all about make uh, capitalizing on the offensive mistakes. You know, and once you do that, you, you now you uh, got turnovers, and uh, it helps you win the ball game. But like I say, you got to be there to intercept the pass that's underthrown, overthrown. You got to be there to punch a loose ball out or scoop up a fumble. And uh, like I say, once you do that, now you're winning the turnover battle. Willie Gay, we're talking with. Do you guys feel like an underdog? Because you're uh, again not favored in the game. Uh, no, 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 no underdog at all, baby. We've been here plenty of times. Come on now. <laughs> is it a little offensive that you guys back again and it's like, uh, well, the 49ers are the favorites and Buffalo's a favorite and Baltimore's the favorite, the 49ers are the favorite. And it's like, aren't you guys the defending Super yeah. Bowl champions? Hey, man, we're the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl champions. You know, uh, team of, we, we are America's team, man. You know, that's my, that's my opinion. They hate us, but we love them. So uh, we're just going to keep on winning and keep on feeding the haters what they want. Have you thought about what this would mean to, to be a part of history, to be a part of a team that would go back-to-back and win Super Bowls and something so difficult to do? Oh, yeah, it would be a big deal for sure, man. And to be a part of it only four years in my career, um, man, that, that's something you, you got you to gotta be thankful for because, like I said yesterday, you never know when you'll be back in this position. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Last one for you. You, um, it, it's interesting talking about being hated in your career in four years. You've gone from uh, being a part of a team that people were loving and like, oh, this is so fun. Look at the Kansas yeah, City yeah. Chiefs. This is cool. To now, it's I'm done with the Chiefs. I hate yep. them. I want them to lose. What's that transition? But you guys were loved and now you're hated. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, it's, it's it's lonely at the top. <laughs> you know, when you're on your way to the top, everyone's there with you. But when you finally make it, everybody else falling off. You know, and uh. They want to see your your downfall. They want to see you, you know, you know, uh, like I say, I guess your downfall. And uh, once once you lose, that's what they want to see. And uh, 
They hate winners, man. I guess that's the main thing. They hate winners. Well, it's nice to be hated then if that's what it takes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Willie Gay, our guest. Willie, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, best of luck this weekend and uh, uh, bring back yes, a Lombardi sir. trophy thank you if so you can. Much. Oh, yeah, I got you. Absolutely. There's uh, there's Willie Gay um, requesting the swag surfing in the fourth quarter if they've got that lead. Said he's got you. That swag surfing will request that on the uh, from the DJ there at um, I think in he Vegas. Said when they have. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I shouldn't have said if. I shouldn't have qualified it uh, with a, a capital I, a capital F. It's um, when. I think he said when they get up fourteen twenty one points. Fourteen to twenty one points when they're up fourteen to twenty one points in the fourth quarter. Rock that uh, swag surfing. Uh, look, he didn't think it would become the anthem. I did. Let me just say, you know. I may have misread the 50.1 to 49.9% of the, the Ravens sure. game of a field goal. But this? immediately after that, I, you and Mick, it was on a Monday. And I'm like, that's the anthem, man. If they get on a roll, if they start winning here, they're going to be talking about that. It's going to be played all over town. And, um, you know, it's not going to become the you got to fight for your right to party like it was with uh, Travis Kelsey and becoming the, the touchdown song now out of the Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, but it's something they'll be rallying around. And uh, they certainly did that throughout the playoffs, man. And it was awesome. Uh, he put the swag back in Kansas City. He said, "Also, like, exactly right. like maybe maybe it went away briefly. I don't know, but it's it's been a a good communal thing." And I think, listen, Jason, you got to take a little credit for it. I mean, you made a whole montage with it. I think it's not just that it has become the anthem. I, mm-hmm. I think it's that you decided that you and Willie Gay were going to make it the anthem. Yeah, and who's met. to say who's to say whose idea it was first? Who's to say did the most of the heavy lifting in this cause? Yeah, I mean, we worked together. It was a collaboration. We had a collab. You know, the Grammys were over the weekend. It That's was just right. uh, Willie Gay and I. It was a Willie Gay joint and a uh, collaboration featuring Fe- the zone. Fe- Jason Anderson. <laughs> featuring the zone. Yeah, it's uh, uh, Willie Gay swag surfing, chief swag surfing with Willie Gay featuring the zone. If they win, you should just do an acapella version on Monday. I doubt and... that'll happen. <laughs> you doubt that they'll win? No, doubt I, doubt, I, win? I doubt that that'll happen, that I'll you do an acapella. You heard it here first, America. Shut your Jason, ass up. You shut Jason. your mouth. Says it's unlikely that the Chiefs will win. It's unlikely that I will ever do an acapella version of swag surfing. No. I don't want to be made fun of, you know. I get that happens enough already. I was gonna say you really you're afraid of that? (laughs) this Not for that. Is this thing on? Not specifically for that. I would I would like to choose. If I had to choose to not be made fun of, I would choose to not do something that would get me made fun of. I've had to try to just forget that that's something I have any control over myself personally and just embrace it whenever it happens. Oh, I embrace the disgrace as well, but you know, if I can avoid knowing beforehand that it's going to be just Getting Disgraceful, sure. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I, I probably wouldn't do that unless it was like I lost a bet or, um, you know, somebody triple-dog double-dared me because then you can't turn it down. Speaking speaking of um, surprising scenes, did you see Blaine Gabbert out there yeah, today, out at the, the no, area I, the Chiefs are all at right now? You met he, Mizzou made? Yeah, he looks really different. Um, oh, no. That's uh, Creed Humphrey Aaron wearing a Blaine uh, jersey. Why? Aaron, Aaron Ladd has just, I have no idea. He just tweeted out two of these uh, that uh, Blaine Gabbard awesome. looks a little different out there today because Creed Humphrey's wearing his jersey. Awesome. Uh, let's welcome in uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. A uh, big reason why this team is playing in yet another Super Bowl with that huge third down catch. Uh, Marquez, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? I am. Uh, I am doing just fine. Um, you know, I, I got to credit you because you know the the playoffs came and this offense 
you know, turned it on and looked great. As you look back and, and getting ready for this game, um, what are some of the things that you look at as to why this team was able to stay the course offensively and, you know, feel like the old Chiefs again? Yeah, I mean, I think we just kind of had to stop getting out of our own way, you know. Um, you know, throughout the season, we would, uh, you know, have drops, we would have turnovers, we would have, you know, silly penalties that have kind of derailed our drives, you know, from being the efficient offense that we've been, you know, in years past. And so once we stopped doing that um, and, and getting in our own way, um, we've been able to, you know, score a lot more points and move the ball a lot more efficiently. Going into that third down, did you know the ball was coming to you? Yeah, I had a pretty good idea when I looked up and saw what coverage they were in. Um, he had three different places that he can go with the ball, and um, the coverage that we got, um, I knew I was going to have a pretty good shot of, of getting that one. Yeah, the, the uh, mic'd up, Patrick Mahomes was mic'd up as uh, going into the third down, going over to the sideline and saying, give me the ball. Give me the ball. I want the ball. Um, and, and then he, uh, he throws it to you. Is it a little extra satisfying that, uh, that it happens on a guy who before the game was over on your sideline and headbutting the, uh, the, the secondary for the Chiefs and trying to bully you guys, and uh, he ends up being the guy on the other end of uh, you uh, catching that big pass? No, nah, I mean, I don't think it was more satisfying. I think it was more satisfying uh, in, in general versus that team. Uh, they you know, tried to be the bullies all year. Um, and, you know, even when we came, you know, into that, you know, stadium, you know, everyone that was on their team was you know, trying to have that kind of bully us attitude, um, you know, and it's all good. Uh, just bully the bully, and that's just kind of what we did. You had the tweet that may have won the day after winning the day, uh, and that is going into the bank like Chiefsaholic. Was that pre-planned? Did you have that ready to go in the drafts just in case you guys ended up winning that, all right, this is too good to pass up. We're going in there like Chiefsaholic. No, actually, I didn't. Um, you know, it was uh, more of a story of the moment thing. I'm usually not a, a tweeter after the game or you know, anything like that, um, but I feel, it felt very fitting um, for the moment. Yeah. Um, Eric Bieniemy there before that Baltimore game, uh, we found out yesterday that that was uh, something that took place. Did you guys know that, uh, that EB was going to stop by and, and address the team and be a part of it? And, and what was that like to see him back in his element a, a little bit? No, I actually had no idea. Um, you know, obviously – you know, DC wasn't too far from from Baltimore, um, but um, when when he when he came by, he uh, he stopped by and just gave a unique amount of energy that uh, you know you kind of just miss. Did uh, did you get flashbacks a little bit as that happened? Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Uh, do you look back? I, I, there's there's still another game to play. Uh, totally understandable. Uh, but do you ever sit back and think of what the last couple of years have been like as a free agent, and then you sign with the Chiefs, and and now you get a chance to win Super Bowl number two? Yeah, it was a it was a great feeling, man. Just to kind of go back and and be a part of this thing. Um, you know, I don't look back too too far. Uh, you know, I say that for the off season. Got one more game to kind of focus on, and then. No, after that, we'll uh, we'll look at it. Is it uh, is it nice doing all the uh, prep in the uh, Raiders facility? Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's it's cool to to come out to Arrowhead West and, and get it done. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, you know what, Marquez? We'll let you go on that. Uh, that that'll be the last right. little mic drop. Thank you. I appreciate you joining us. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Uh, there you go. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, uh, big postseason so far for him. A big uh, game against Buffalo, big game against Baltimore, and uh, them doing their work at Arrowhead West. That's pretty good. Pretty good. That'll, that'll do. <laughs> have, have, uh, is it now being called Arrowhead West?
I think fish. I think win the Super Bowl, and they should get to spray paint it on That's the true. wall like Sporting Kansas City. <laughs> Just spray paint <laughs> Just Arrowhead spray paint West on the side of the stadium. Well, you know they've been putting up uh, you know Chiefs gear and Chiefs mm-hmm. logos all over the Raiders facility, um, and you know. With the so the NFL has all of these different podium sound, all the uh, the ten different players that are at podiums uh, during the day for the last few days, and then they send out the file, and then the file that they send out, you can click on transcript and it'll transcribe it, but it's a terrible transcription. Ah. So one of them, as I'm reading through the transcript, it was it was somebody from a couple of days ago that said, yeah, they're putting cheap stuff all over the uh, all, all over the Raiders. Try to try to make it a little more red, but yeah, there's there's cheap stuff all over the walls now. So I was like, wow. So I had to go and listen. <laughs> like, oh, it says there's Chiefs stuff. And they're really taking all that UNLV practice facility <laughs> stuff personally. That's wild. They got Chiefs stuff all over the wall. The Chiefs stuff oh. making it a little more red. Um, but uh, <laughs> there was there was another transcript that I meant to take a, a picture of. Um, there was something about a bird living on my shoulder, but it hadn't. It was not a bird living on my shoulder. It was. I gotta go. I gotta go back and find that man. I, I wish I would have taken a screenshot of that. I was like, oh, I'll remember that. It's too easy not to. Um, but just like the 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 transcript thing of of what it's hearing and what it's trying to transcribe, like in closed caption while it's talking, as opposed to like somebody sitting down and typing it out and going. Clearly, they didn't put cheap red gear. And stickers and and decals all over the Raiders facility to make it feel a little bit more like home. They put Chiefs stuff there <laughs> on the uh, on the wall. So um, so Steve Spagnolo, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, um, and we'll see uh, we'll see whoever else. And really we'll, gay in the middle there, by the way. Yeah, you don't uh, you forget we got both geez. sides of the ball and a coordinator. It's been a good good been Jeez a good Louise. day over here. Yeah, I mean, right? I mean, come on, man. This is uh, this is great so far. It's fantastic, man. Um, you know, we will uh, we'll get into a conversation with Craig Stout coming up in the eleven o'clock hour. I believe that's we what will. I, that's what I was just texting. Was uh, hey, Craig? It might be a few minutes into the eleven o'clock hour. We're gonna have to move some things around because if he's there, can uh, Chad just walk over and give him the? What if yeah. it's like, uh, all right, guys? It's a uh, uh, here's a Willie Gay. All right, guys, here's Craig Stout. Whoa, like, whoa, whoa hey. Get. Well, Craig, I know you only have like four minutes, so uh, let's uh, quick uh, the, the keys to the game. What do you think, man? What are you feeling here? All right, thank you. All right, now let's go to uh, Steve Spagnolo. Keys to the game. <laughs> Coach, I read what you wrote on Casey Sport. No, that's not nope, you. That's not it. you at all. I um, saw what you did in the Super Bowl, Craig. Nope, wrong guy. My bad. Is this Kent Swan, <laughs> slippy, slappy, Samsonite. Kent Samsonite joins us right now. Um, you know, how much fun is that? It's pretty fun. Yeah. So we'll talk with Craig Stout coming up. Um, if you can't tell, we're in the holding pattern of maybe incoming guests. You know what? And we just got to uh, just kind of uh, just hang out here. Maybe. Just uh, and see what okay. they see what we get. And you hang out to see what uh, you guys get as well. Spags, Willie Gay, and MVS. We'll see who else. I'm gonna. Here's what I'm gonna. I'm what gonna, are you gonna do? I'm gonna mention. Mention who is who is in our crosshairs right now because he's oh. a player that I wanted to talk about in the context of who Spags and Willie Gay were. Uh, what they were saying about all this. Drew Tranquil, who may be joining us in a moment, we'll oh. find out. He had such an unbelievable AFC Championship game, and so many of the things that the Niners do are going to, in my opinion play into the hands of what Drew Tranquil does best in a lot of ways. 
the fact that he played such a vital role all season, stepped in for Nick Bolton for as long as he did, and then now is taking kind of a step, he's still playing a very large role, but not playing all the snaps yeah. like he was when he was the green dot, to be as excellent as he was against Baltimore. I am excited to see him in this game on Sunday, and I'm hoping he gets a lot of work out there against this Niners offense. Yeah, uh, me too, because, uh, look, there are some fantastic players on the Niners, and you need the athleticism. And Drew Tranquil can run all over the field. He had the interception in the uh, – uh, wild card game against the uh, Jags last year um, was a big reason why they jumped out to that huge lead. And then, of course, you know, we know that that lead didn't last long for the uh, Chargers. And uh, now a year later from having that experience and the probably the lowest point in his career of uh, coming off that game when you feel like you're getting ready to move on and play in the divisional round and keep that thing going, and then the uh, game is over and your season is over. And now... Signing with the Chiefs and uh, and heading to the Super Bowl is uh, is pretty awesome. Like the whole thing, like everybody that's a part of this team, like the draft class last year. Mm-hmm. Like how absurd is it? You get drafted in the NFL, and you know now you're playing in your second Super Bowl in your second year in the NFL. Yep. Like I know that you know there was um, man they it, after they beat the Ravens. The Chiefs put out video of draft day with Isaiah Pacheco mm-hmm. and his draft party. And, like, he's talking to him, and then they hand the phone. Brett Beach talks to him. And it's like, all right, we're going to turn the card here. Uh, and then they hand the phone to Andy Reid. And Pacheco's already put the phone down. And he's screaming, and he's crying and everything. And he hasn't told anybody what team. He's just saying <laughs> yes. And it starts sprinkling through the party. It's Chiefs. Chiefs? Are you? It's the Chiefs? Dude. And it's like everybody wants to be the Chiefs. The Chiefs are picking him. And it was like, you know, he goes from a guy that may not be drafted at Rutgers trying to, uh, you know, make it to the NFL and then spreading through the party like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's he's getting drafted by the Chiefs. He's going to get the ball from Patrick Mahomes and Andy yeah. Reid's offense. He's going to be a Chief. Like, this is be different. It was Bears. Okay, yep. He's right. gonna. He's in Chicago. Bears. Okay, that's all right. Yeah, you got drafted. Hey, you got, got drafted. drafted. Bears. That's hey, huge. let's see what you that's do, huge. man. See what you got. Yeah, uh, but no, uh, not the case. All right, let's talk to a man who uh, was not drafted by the Chiefs, but certainly was a huge addition to this team. Uh, Drew Tranquil uh, is uh, joining us there live from Vegas. Drew, welcome to the show, man. How you feeling today on this Thursday? Fantastic, man. The sun is shining, and um, I'm just blessed to have an opportunity to play in the. In the biggest game, the the game that you dream of as a kid, and uh, man, it's been so fun so far this week. Did 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 doubt in your? I mean, you haven't played in the in the league long, um, but but has doubt did doubt ever creep into where it's like, man, am I ever going to get that chance? Especially like last year with the obviously the disappointing loss for the Chargers there with the, you being a part of that. Did doubt ever creep in? Is like, man, am I ever going to get this chance to play on that biggest stage in the Super Bowl? Well, I mean, I, I certainly believe. Um, you know, when you work hard um, and you're consistent in what you do and uh, in your approach, uh, that opportunities will come your way. Um, you know, I was hungry just to get to the playoffs, uh, having only played in one playoff game in four seasons with the Chargers, uh, just to have the opportunity to be in the playoffs. Um, and then the playoffs are special, man. It's like a one-week season uh, each and every week. And uh, to be able to climb that ladder and beat some really good teams and 
have a chance to go against another great team here on Sunday has uh, been special. Did you guys, Drew Tranquil, we're talking with him, did you guys prove anything to yourself, or was it maybe letting other people know that you guys are still the Chiefs when you went to Buffalo and, you know, people picking the Bills to win, you guys hadn't gone on the road, and uh, all these playoff games in the Chiefs, and obviously, you, you know, new here with, uh, with the Chiefs this year, but did you guys maybe prove something to yourself that, yeah, we are still the Chiefs and we are still the team and the, the kings of the AFC? You know, I don't know that we did. I, I think we've had a, a belief in ourselves. We, there's championship DNA all throughout this this organization. Um, and when I say championship DNA, there's obviously championships that have been won, but there's just high caliber people um, that have incredible competitive stamina, um, an incredible desire to win, um, an incredible desire to be their best when their best is needed. And um, certainly, your best is needed when you're in the playoffs um, and it's do or die. And um, this team has really come alive. I think that that uh, Christmas Day loss to the Las Vegas Raiders uh, really woke us up in a lot of ways, and we've played uh, some pretty complimentary football when you look at the Bengals. We rest a lot of our starters against the Chargers, and the guys who maybe haven't played a ton, man, they didn't lose a beat. Uh, they kept their identity. We get that win, um, and then we've just kind of rolled um, you know, week after week throughout the playoffs, and we'll have to do it again against a good San Francisco 49ers team. I know that when you sign with the Chiefs, you want to be a big part of the defense and want to be a, a big part of, of why the success would be there. But did you think you would be as big a part when you fill in earlier than maybe people you know thought with the green dot when, when Nick Bolton goes down and you're, you're the man at that point and then Willie Gay goes down and different guys at different times and you're filling in and just played a phenomenal, phenomenal AFC championship game against the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, it was uh, just a, an amazing game to watch, quite frankly, Drew. Um, but, but your impact on this team this year, you know, when you sign with the Chiefs, you want to be a part of it. Maybe it's a reserve role. Maybe it's a rotational role. But you've been way more than that for this defense. It was, was that a part of it to where you sign in with the Chiefs, that there was at least that chance that you can make that big of an impact with this team? Well, it was one of the main reasons I signed here in KC was, they made it very clear in my free agency process that they play the best players here and that the best players will all, will always have the chance uh, to play valuable snaps uh, within this scheme um, and within this team. Uh, that was very attractive to me. Obviously, we have an incredible group in our linebacker room. Um, and I've just looked back on my football experience, uh, a big one being choosing to go to Notre Dame uh, over Purdue. There were – you could say more guarantees going to Purdue. I, I probably was going to start as a true freshman. Uh, there was a lot more competition at Notre Dame at the time. Um, and I kind of felt peace about going there and, and competing. And any situation in my life when I put myself in a competitive environment with really good people around me, it's always made me better in the end. And I really felt like I would come out of this year as a better player. Um, and I really believe that, I, you know, we've done that and, Really excited to play in this biggest game with with all these guys. We've put a lot of hard work in, and um, it's going to be a good one. Do you let George Karloftis know that uh, you had a better college experience because you chose Notre Dame over Purdue? <laughs> I haven't let him know that okay. yet, but uh, we're still trying to put the pride of Indiana on the map, man. These guys don't respect <laughs> Indiana football out here. They're talking about California, Texas, Ohio, Florida. We're just trying to get uh, the Indiana pride on the map. Yeah, get that get that Fort Wayne love going on uh, with, yeah. with Drew Tranquil. He is our guest. Um, the text that uh, you put out, the screenshot with Andy Reid of when you think red, think Super Bowls, 
did I mean, by the way, Super Bowls is is phenomenal uh, with the S. Think Super Bowls. A couple things with that. Have you finally got around to answering all the texts uh, that were there that were uh, that that were still sitting on your phone? And have you plugged your phone in since then? Since it was like on five percent power when you took that screenshot. I have. Maybe I need to get a new phone. I've had mine for four or five years, and maybe the battery. Uh, maybe I just need to get a new phone with a better battery. Um, I have not responded to all the messages. I, that's one of the things I always feel so bad about is is after a game day, like not not being able to get back to to messages. But I felt better when I was sitting with Tommy Townsend in the steam room, and uh, he had three or four x the amount of unread messages that I've had. It made me feel a little bit a little bit better about myself. So maybe Tommy needs to get to un to answer in his messages. <laughs> now, Drew, is there any truth to the rumor that your battery is so low because you refuse to have oh. anything to do with a charger? I'm sorry, what was that? Oh, no, if it didn't land, it didn't land. Is your battery so low because you... I didn't you... hear you. It's so it, loud in here. It's... That's one of the things with this Super Bowl week, man. There's so many cameras and people talking all the time. We know you're good at communicating in loud circumstances, too, so it's fine. I'm just asking if there's any truth to the rumor that your phone's battery was so low because you've just decided to boycott anything having to do with chargers from this point on. I got it now. I got it now. I'm very much boycotting the chargers this season, um, so maybe that has to do with it. Beautiful, beautiful. Drew Tranquil is our guest. You're a chess champion. Uh, when people talk about Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo playing chess, not checkers, do you take that literally? I do, man. Those guys are incredible. Um, there's obviously a lot of strategy in chess. you got to see moves and moves in advance. Um, and those guys seem to do that uh, week in and week out. It seems like we found multiple, multiple ways uh, to win this season. You talk about teams having an identity and, and winning a certain way. I feel like this team has been able to take on different identities um, in different weeks to win football games, and, and none other than these last three weeks, which have been the obviously the biggest games, uh, each game getting bigger and bigger, um, and we'll have to find a way to win on Sunday this week. Has Justin Reed got that rematch yet in the uh, chess match? Justin Reed gets that smoke every time we play. <laughs> um, he's a great player, don't get me wrong. Gets a little too confident, starts making moves too fast. Uh, he's had me down, and I've had to climb my way out multiple times. Uh, he has beaten me, I think, one time. But um, we've got a good rivalry going on, and hopefully we can continue continue that down the road. Awesome, awesome. Uh, keep giving that smoke. Keep giving the smoke to the opposing offenses, too. Drew Tranquil, our, our guest. Uh, hey, man, uh, congrats on the season so far. Thank you for joining us, and uh, bring back another Lombardi trophy, man. Absolutely. Go Chiefs, guys. All right, there's Drew Tranquil. Uh, he is boycotting everything that has to do with Chargers this season. Except for hitting them on occasion. It's the only thing. I'm glad you, you, you were confident enough to ask it again, yeah. even though it didn't land. But it didn't land because he didn't get it. It didn't land because he didn't hear it. I, I don't take any of it personally, I understand. But I, yeah, did, I did realize up in the air there that, well, if the volume was an issue... Mm -hmm. It's not. It's not going to be as clean of a swipe as it could have been. But again, right. you know, it's about communicating on the fly, adjusting to the opposition and to your surroundings, and that's something that me and Drew Tranquil can both do. And he had no problem playing along with it, None. and saying, "No, I'm boycotting anything with the Chargers this year." <laughs> he still hasn't answered all of his texts. <laughs> I don't feel as bad now that uh, he hasn't got back to me on that text that I sent him. And a congratulatory uh, text. That's a lot um, of text. He's been busy. I'm guessing the texts keep going up throughout this week, actually. So he had like 150, and he said Tommy Townsend has three or four times as many mm -hmm. unanswered texts on his phone. Yeah. I bet there's a comma 
in uh, in Tommy's really? on Reds. You yeah, think it's in the thousands? I see that every once in a while come through on like a screenshot that somebody puts out, and it's like, oh, Tommy's? some people live that way. Not Tommy in particular, oh. but like I've I've seen enough people show that type of absolute unhinged behavior from their inbox, and it's. I just want to know that what you don't know that people like that are out there. Do we think we're done, or should we uh, continue the holding pattern, flying around, circling some more? Can we buzz the tower? We able to? Should we break? Hmm. Hmm. You think break? Let's take a break. All right. All right. Dylan says. Uh, Dylan says negative Ghost Rider pattern is full.